0: If Reuters and CNN had their way, you would know that between America and North Korea, there are very fine people on both sides. And as long as Kim Jong-un's sister throws Mike Pence a little side-eye, we can overlook a few million North Koreans tortured and enslaved in gulags. You thought democracy dies in darkness? Turns out it dies as the media destroys itself faster than hundreds of Trump tweets decrying the hashtag fake news MSM ever, ever could. I'm Tianalo. I'm Avery Hogarth.
1: And I'm Matt McDonald. This is the political pregame. Sit down and have a drink with us. As the White House devolves into a full-scale soap opera, you'll need it.
2: So today we have Matt McDonald as our guest as we unpack a number of stories concerning the role of the media as it covers dysfunctional West Wings, murderous dictatorships, and crimes unearthed in the post-Weinstein era. We're drinking a red wine called 19 Crimes as a reminder of North Korea's far more than 19 Crimes Against Humanity. Matt, how about you give us a little bit of background on yourself and what's going on here?
1: Uh, So my name is Matt McDonald, as you've said. I'm the US editor of The Tab, uh, which is a student news site uh, operating in the UK and the US. I've been living in this country for about two years. As you can tell by my accent, I am from Brooklyn. Uh, (laughs) And yeah, I'm over visiting uh, Los Angeles, so I thought it would be good to drop in and check up on former Tab Editor.
0: Yes, uh, mm-hmm. full disclosure, I used to be uh, the editor of the TAB USC. I have since then gone full cuck mm-hmm. and departed, but I still, uh, I love what the TAB USC has done in terms of providing some sort of competition for the state-sponsored Daily Trojan, <laughs> you know. It's it's good to fight against the propaganda machines. And <laughs> I am not in journalism whatsoever, so I can't relate. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, so I, I thought that it would be really interesting to have Matt on, because, Obviously, the whole unearthing of the Harvey Weinstein story has been this watershed moment in journalism. But websites like the tab and these sort of guerrilla or local journalistic websites, they've been covering or trying to cover sexual assault, especially on campus for years, trying to uncover corruption, these sort of, these very orderly power structures, these power structures that are deeply entrenched in tradition and centuries um, and websites like The Tab have been doing this for a while. So I think it's kind of interesting for us as journalists to see how the public is now perceiving discussion of fake news and discussion of the role of the media sort of come to the forefront. Um, have you seen sort of a change in, in what The Tab is covering or how people are receiving your guys' reporting after everything with the Me Too movement?
1: Not, uh, well, I suppose in a a way, we've been, I've been involved with the tab since I was a student six years ago, which is an incredibly long time. Um, And we've always covered uh, stories about sexual assault and, you know, and similar crime stories of that nature. And I think now it's the, the evolution of that conversation has kind of changed somewhat to when I was a student, because when I was a student, crime always seemed like a quite remote thing to the vast majority of, people, of like your student audience reading you. Um, they think that it's something which, de- like, which is shocking, which doesn't really necessarily affect them. Um, and I think in the light of, you know, the recent allegations that have come to light and uh, the conversations that are taking place uh, around, uh, you know, Sexual assault is an issue. People are realizing like how much closer to home it is than than they initially thought. Um, it's it's not like that's having enough. You know, people still read those stories as as much as they ever did, but I think maybe they realize the importance of them and the significance of them more.
0: Yeah, and I and I think it's especially interesting when to to view this from a political perspective. Trump really was able to gain his base by attacking the media a lot, and now yeah. you see the New York Times and these. Fairly consistent left wing media outlets become incredibly integral in taking down someone like Harvey Weinstein, who donated millions to the DNC, millions to Hillary Clinton. And not that that's the reason to do it. That should not be why you're supporting the downfall of Harvey Weinstein. It should be because he is a criminal and a predator. But it is, I think it is making people sort of reevaluate the role of the media. And at the same time, there has been this backlash with people saying it's a witch hunt, and I think. Uh, this White House story sort of exemplifies that. Uh, as you probably know at this point, because it is a special Sunday episode, so uh, White House staffer Rob Porter, who reported directly to Chief of Staff John Kelly and was one of the few people who was responsible to um, for giving Trump the news and the polls that he saw about himself, Rob Porter has now been... In my opinion, very credibly accused of domestic violence and uh, and assault with two of his ex-wives. So his first ex-wife or his first ex-wife provided photographic evidence of a real bad black eye. His second wife provided evidence of a. Uh, domestic violence restraining order, and now it looks like there's a third girlfriend who is also involved in politics, who reached out to White House Counsel um, McGann, warning the White House that they have someone who not only is a criminal and an unethical person, but is susceptible to blackmail. That's I mean, if you're looking at a national security concern, you have someone who's susceptible to blackmail, and furthermore. It's now been determined that when the FBI was doing this back check, background check on him and interviewed both of the ex-wives, they, he, Rob Porter, doesn't never even had full security clearance, and now it's becoming this continual problem because Jared Kushner doesn't have full security clearance, but he's the president of the of the United States' son-in-law, so it's not as though Trump's going to fire him, and so you have this White House not only teeming with people who lack security clearance but also have been credibly accused of felonies. Um, and obviously, the response to this has been, for lack of a better term, a shit show.
2: Um, well, tr- that's also like troublesome in maintaining integrity within the administration itself. I mean, yeah. last week on our podcast, we talked about Carter Page and his affiliations with the Trump campaign and uh, the campaign perhaps not vetting or not vetting employees or whoever they may be as much as they should. And here's kind of another example of someone who is a little bit nefarious slipping through the cracks and and being close to the Trump administration who maybe shouldn't have been.
0: Yeah, and and I'm curious what your guys' opinion is on Trump's tweet from uh, two days ago when he said... So he he remained previously silent on this. The White House seriously botched the response. John Kelly came out with two different responses within 24 hours. Once he realized the photographs are going to come out, they completely changed direction. Rob Porter resigned. But then Trump waits two days, comes out, and says, People's lives are being shattered and destroyed by a mere allegation. Some are true and some are false. Some are old and some are new. There is no recovery for someone falsely accused. Life and career are gone. Is there no... Is there no such thing any longer as due process, Matt? I'd like your take on this.
1: I seem to recall a f- slightly before Christmas, Trump tweeting about Al Franken. Uh, yeah. saying, <laughs> Good point. And saying uh, that the picture looks pretty. Da- the picture of Al Frankenstein looks pretty damning. Uh, what do pictures two, three, four, and five uh, show? Uh, so it's it's strange to see him evolve on this issue, shall we say?
0: Evolve, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> I think you know it's part part of that response is obviously down to the, the Rob Porter thing. I think obviously he's perhaps taking into consideration the allegations against Steve Wynn, who's uh, you know long-term friend of his and also like a major Republican donor in, in the past. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think you yeah, know obviously he's kind of being fairly selective in terms of what he's what he's choosing to attack.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, this is someone who promulgated the birther conspiracy with literally no evidence for Mm -hmm. years. Uh, But I I just think that that Trump, Trump caring about due process, are we kidding? Well, also,
2: who is Trump to say of all people what's true and what's false? I mean, he is not the legislative body in this instance. And to to go to your point, Matt, I think... It's really telling. and I mean, I talk about it all the time on the podcast, but kind of this blind supportive partisanship, regardless of facts, when he's willing to point the, fa- the the finger at a Democrat and Al Franken and not, you know, be consistent with those that same rhetoric uh, with someone when it's from his own administration or his own party. Right. Um, and so that's that's troublesome in itself.
1: And the thing is, as well, like. You've got to think about the publications who are the ones publishing these stories, anyway. So the Rob Porter story was broken by the Mail Online, the DailyMail.com, dot com, which isn't exactly, uh, you know, a, a, a bastion yeah. of liberal <laughs> yeah. uh, of liberal yeah. ideas. And the Steve Wynn story was broken by the Wall Street Journal, which again is a traditionally more right leaning paper. So it's so similar to the Weinstein uh, allegations, which are serviced by the New York Times. It's it kind of is showing how. Uh, sexual assault uh, allegations is kind of a nonpartisan issue. It because, should cross because, party yeah, lines. Yeah, because it's and it's good that you know these publications who traditionally have a certain allegiance are kind of like taking stock of their own. I think that's really good and important, and a, a, like it shows they're attempting at least to play a valid role.
0: Yeah, and 100%. I mean, and, and and just in the last, I mean. I think that we all knew when this sort of like Me Too movement became a movement, when we had this like sort of collective re- realization, this was a moment. Um, I, I think for especially those of us who have been covering things like injustices in Title IX for men and for women for years, I think that we knew that that we'd hit a point when when the usual suspect people would kind of be like, it's a witch hunt, it's a witch hunt. They were just waiting for the time to say it. But now it's not just, it's a witch hunt. It's it's evolved from it's a witch hunt to we need due process. And due process is a constitutional right in the Bill of Rights and is the basis of all criminal proceedings. It applies when you're at risk of losing your liberties. It is applied when you're at risk of being imprisoned. Due process is not about the court of public opinion. And I dislike when radical third-wave feminists say, believe all women. I don't believe Mattress Girl. I don't believe that Emma Solkowitz was raped. I believe that she made it up because I believe that she won an art project because she had a history of attention-seeking behavior. However, I have eyes. I saw the photos of Rob Porter's ex-wife with a real shiner on her eye, you know? And with, with Al Franken, there was photographic evidence. And then even with, and I guess we can sort of touch on this, with Dylan Farrow... No, she didn't have evidence. She was also seven, and she's been consistent for the last two decades in what happened to her. So do you think that the concerns about due process are valid? Do you think that people's lives are being ruined without due process in the court of public opinion? Or is this sort of just an excuse? Is this just the new, it's a witch hunt?
1: I seem to recall the first uh, conversation that you and I ever had in person was about... Uh, the preponderance of evidence in, <laughs> in Title Nine cases. I think. You know, Why am
2: I not surprised? Yeah, I mean, ti- ti- this is not the RNC. Ti-
1: yeah, Title Nine isn't a perfect system by any means, and I think the vast majority of people who have first experience with dealing with it, either as someone reporting something that's happened to them or as you know a member of the press looking to get a story around it, um, is aware. However, I do think you've got to look at the reason why, I think, you know, part of the reason why Title IX law was first enacted is pretty similar to part of the reason why the Me Too movement has evolved in the way it has. And that's because due process doesn't necessarily do enough to get those those stories out there. And, you know, if you're Harvey Weinstein and you have, you know, the infinite resources of your production company... Yeah. Uh, at your disposal, where you can pay, you know, former Mossad agents to follow around <laughs> women who you, who you've yeah. assaulted, like that's and that's just still kind of basically functioning within the the system as it as it is. I think you, I think it's pretty clear you you can't say the due process is enough. It's kind of yeah, I, I, yeah, I it's, it's such it, a
2: gray area. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's it's just you know it's a distraction tactic for for Trump to wave to try and like defend his guy. Um, yeah,
0: no, and it's also I, I I think there are two things to consider. One isn't there a huge difference between locking someone out, locking someone up, and I happen to recall Trump wanting to lock a certain person up and publicly chanting, lock her up, you know. Yeah, okay, I so, that was. So, so, so there's, and, and, mind you, I'm obviously, if you listen to this, you know I'm very anti-Hillary, but my point being, it's one thing to argue for a criminal case for someone when you're taking away someone's liberties, and it's another to say, you shouldn't be in charge of national security secrets, you shouldn't be in charge of creating the art that informs our culture you shouldn't be in charge of relaying news to the public you know like for instance like with Glenn Thrush i know that there has apparently been a lot of talk within the new york times where they're saying but he didn't commit a crime it wasn't that bad he just behaved inappropriately so we're just moving him to a different post i mean i'm not saying i'm not saying that the times decision to move him to a different post is is wrong definitively because I, I still don't know all the details and it's not the closest, like, Me Too story I've been following. But it's not like saying I'm going to fire you from your minimum wage job where you can no longer support your family. Being a national reporter at the New York Times, you have a certain public role where it's you are in some ways a gatekeeper to some information for all of society. Yeah. And is that a given? Does due process determine whether or not you have that? Or is just understanding what is a credible allegation.
2: Well, I think it's not even necessarily about due process. It's really just about discretion. I think it's um, it's easy to see when someone could be pointing the finger for maybe a political advantageous intent rather than something with a Harvey Weinstein where there have been multiple women who have come out yeah. who have been systematically... I guess, oppressed by this guy um, and, and with similar stories. And I think that's really easy to decipher for the average person, let alone someone who's far more intellectual than the average person. And so this even goes back to, I don't know if you guys remember, but of course I do, because I do being a lacrosse player. The Duke lacrosse case is 2006. Oh my God. Um, when, when the team was falsely accused of rape, and it ended up in a, an entire court case being opened up against them just by completely... A one-off, I guess, report from from the female, and no other even circumstantial evidence surrounding it, and so that's something that should be easy to tell. But that's also where due process comes a little too heavy-handed, and you know, with due process, it's so hard to even you know prosecute these people um, if it's sexual harassment because all of it is circumstantial to an extent. So I think it's really just about you know using logical reasoning and understanding while this is kind of within the realm of probability that could have happened or this is most often, you know, or it could be a witch hunt in, in, in certain cases.
1: Fundamentally as well, like, Trump is a boss. Trump is a boss of an office at the moment. The office is the White House. It's obviously the, one of the most significant offices in the country. But even if, you know, if you're an employer and you're thinking and someone, you know, offhand tells you, by the way, uh, you know, Rob for marketing has you know, is hitting his wife, and his his current girlfriend, like you don't have to, you don't go immediately to say, well, you're going to have to show me due process yeah. before yeah. I, before judge, I judge, jury,
0: now. and executioner. I line them all
1: up. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of just you know you have a bit of a, you have something of responsibility towards your staff to act and to do something at least in a discreet way, and like from what. I've read about the way in which this was handled within within the White House and with uh General Kelly uh kind of like almost coming to his defense uh in the early stages when when they were doing the security clearances it just it doesn't seem like a particularly great place to work put it that way. No, no I mean <laughs> yeah. honestly
0: between, between this between the job insecurity in general and between and now there's 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 a second White House staffer who resigned and it's this situation seems complicated I I So the second staffer who was who resigned because his wife alleged that that she was a victim of domestic abuse at his hands has published like a twelve page statement with text messages and stuff, countering and saying that she was actually the one who was abusive, and obviously that that that's like he came out with a full defense, not just saying I'm not doing it. Um, But but between just all of this, if I were a woman, I would be asking, can I carry? Can I have concealed carry license in the White House? Mm This does not seem like a safe workplace environment. And furthermore, I mean, you and I have both how, fired how, how many, how many people for far less.
1: How many women still work in the White House? Ivanka, Hope Hicks.
0: Definitely Hope. She's not going anywhere. Who's, le- who's left? Um, Kelly and Conway. Okay. Yeah. And then, and, 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 and. and <laughs> Trump's cabinet Three. is filled with excellent. <laughs> and Nikki Haley as the U.S. ambassador to the UN is incredible. I love Nikki Haley. I think Betsy DeVos who has a lot to. better. I, I think Betsy DeVos is doing a lot better than people are giving her credit for. Um, Elaine Chao has been Depends doing fine in the transportation department. Um, but in terms of the West Wing, I would not want to. I, I would not want to be working in the West Wing. Oh, it seems absolutely hostile. Yeah. No. And, and then on, I, I mean, it. It, it's not a good work, workplace environment, and Trump is obviously waging this war on the press, but sometimes the press shoots itself wildly in the foot, like it has been doing all weekend in Korea at the Olympics. So, the, the Winter Olympics this year are being hosted in South Korea, and North and South Korea have decided to appear as one unified delegation. Which I think is
2: amazing from an international relations perspective. I think it speaks to the power of sport, being able to bring people and countries together regardless of politics. And sorry to, you know, go in another, in another route here, but um, I don't know. I just want to say some people are criticizing the Olympics for being politicized. And uh, there's people on Twitter saying that well, sports shouldn't be politicized, but the Olympics are notor- notoriously political because they are notoriously able to kind of transcend boundaries that normally would exist in another atmosphere. So just wanted to add that yeah. for all the people on Twitter saying otherwise. <laughs> well,
0: I mean, I mean, it is important to acknowledge anything that involves international relations is a political choice. It is a political choice to host the FIFA World Cup in Russia. Mm-hmm. It is a political choice to host a a international sporting event in a country where journalists are jailed and gays are thrown off rooftops. And I, I, I think that it's impossible, especially with uh, American media coverage of the Olympics, to not see what political choices are being made by the Fourth Estate. So, it's been interesting because for the first time since the Korean War... A, a high, a senior ranking member of the Kim family has crossed the DMZ. Um, it's Kim Yo Jong, who is Kim Jong Un's sister, and she and her, she herself is a senior ranking member of the North Korean government. She has been sent south of the DMZ to represent North Korea, and. American media is having a field day, because apparently, Slay Queen, who cares if she's in charge of killing millions and re-educating dissidents and contributing to the single greatest human rights violator in the modern world? She threw Mike Pence some side-eye. <laughs> uh, yeah, so some of the headlines that have come out of uh, this uh, these games.
2: I just think it distracts from the greater message, which is kind of unfortunate. And I think, you know, the kind of stupid, side-eye stuff that's that's said on Twitter, even by the New York
0: Times of all places. I mean, it's by the media. Yeah, by the, by the media it's and by the American media choosing to frame this narrative this way. And
2: if they if they wanted to kind of spin it in a more positive light than the than the one of her, you know, supporting obviously a very oppressive regime, it should have been spun in. In the way that, okay, well, this is great. North Korea sent someone to South Korea as a representative. Maybe this is foreshadowing greater cohesion to come. But it was just so much more idiotic than that.
0: No, okay, so the, the headline from CNN is Kim Jong-un's sister is stealing the show at the Winter Olympics. Yeah, and that the just headline from, misses the mark. The headline from Reuters is North Korea judged winner of diplomatic gold at Olympics. And who do they cite? They cite... One guy who served as South Korea's vice foreign minister five years ago and now teaches at Seoul's Korea University. This is a media choice, and it's really difficult, I think, especially, like, Matt, I I, I would hope that you would agree with me, as we have been trying to defend the importance of the Fourth Estate and the importance of freedom of the press and the importance of, of the media as a check on the government for the media just to go ahead and suicide bomb their credibility and this is how I view it. I view, I view it as a suicide bomb of their credibility. Okay. And I, I, think, I think it's doing so much more damage than anything Trump could ever say. Like when Trump just says fake news, I don't think anyone really listens that much anymore except for like his base. I wouldn't say it's doing so much more damage than
2: what Trump could ever say because, to be honest, as sad as this is to say, Trump's Twitter account probably has a lot more followers that are American-based and are of the voting population than who would pull up a CNN or a New York Times article.
1: That's possible. Um, What I'd say is, I think there's a distinction between, uh, to be made in terms of how you consider the fourth estate between what jokes that journalists are making on Twitter and like memes and memes, whatever that they're screenshotting, versus what actually gets published in the NASCOM website. With regard to the stories you've kind of just raised, I don't think, I understand, I don't want to say excitement, but I understand why. The media is taking this approach to uh, towards uh, Kim Yo Jong, right? This is the first uh, time she's been seen in public, I think, since her father's funeral, and mm-hmm. and then and so this is the first. This is basically her diplomatic introduction to the rest of to the rest of the world, and I don't think that like that the, what they're doing is kind of an unmitigated... I wouldn't quite, like. Quite qualify as like an unmitigated fanfare, but it is, you know, a significant and headline worthy event that this person's being introduced right to the to yeah, public course. field.
0: I'm not saying that it's not significant, obviously, it's significant. It yeah. was significant when Berlin hosted the 1936 Summer Olympics while Hitler was busy planning out the full scale extermination of the Jewish race. Mm-hmm. That was significant. If CNN was around back then, what would they say? Ava Braun steals the show. No, but I understand that's No, that would be horrific. Point. That would be absolutely horrific. And we all know that we would all vomit in disgust if that occurred back then. Mm-hmm. How is this not the same?
2: I just think the stakes are far different than that from 1936. How are the
0: stakes different? Millions of North Koreans are in gulags, kept mm-hmm. as sex slaves,
2: no, tortured. But I think this can be seen as a positive, because I think you kind of, as Matt said, this is kind of her first diplomatic appearance. And as long as you can keep the borders more open than usual, and you can keep the conversation more open than usual. And by her, even just by her engaging with Americans, like throw some side eye, that's better than like, we can't even get in a room with Kim Jong-un or anyone else from North Korea, right? So like, in, in my opinion, this can only be used to to benefit in terms of diplomacy and, and everything else in that regard. Um, I just wish the media kind of spun it in a much more intelligent manner than hers doing the
0: show and stuff. As, as, jo- I-
1: as far as jokes on Twitter go, I think Mike Pence can take it.
0: Yeah. You know, okay. I don't. I don't mind the jokes. The jokes are one thing. It's another thing to get CNN and New York Times push notifications. Trivial acting like oh. This is ABC News North Korea's 200 plus cheerleaders command spotlight at 2018 Winter Olympics with synchronized chants? Do you know why they're synchronized? Because they know that if mm-hmm. any one of them broke out and said, "I am being held prisoner in a war state," that they would be killed immediately or they would be tortured.
1: It is historically, in terms of you know the history of the whole thing, it is quite fascinating to look at. It's, North Korea in, in 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 like the, in, in this kind of close up because you don't really get the opportunity to do that. So I understand. I don't. Yeah, I can see why you would think it seems like it's a bit fawning over them. But I think, you know, it depends. It depends how much they are thinking. How what do our readers already know about North Korea? I imagine most of ABC's uh, viewers and like. They think they already know North Korea is not a great place to go. So it's about whether they feel the need to necessarily include all of that context.
0: But it, it's okay, but I'd like to point out a word you use. You Avery use the word spin. The media doesn't need to spin any of this. What they need to do is they need to present the facts. Mm-hmm. This is a dictatorship that is presenting a militia of quote-unquote cheerleaders who have been forced repeatedly to put on public displays. So they're specifically beautiful women that they choose. Mm-hmm. And they had this at Kim uh, Jong-il's funeral. When he died, there were people there who were, who were specifically instructed to cry. Beautiful women, who their job was to line the streets and cry. That way, when they got photos of the funeral. I don't think that it needs to be spun in any direction. I think you just need to present the facts. No, well, North Korea has a history a of, of, of training beautiful women to be set up as props to express a specific kind of emotion that benefits a a, sta- a, a, a state that is a you're, terrorist
1: you're, regime. But in terms of what you've just described and how you've characterized cheerleaders, how is that that different to, say, cheerleaders in the NFL? Obviously, they have a choice, but in terms of the function that they are performing, it is exactly what you've just described. Because the
0: difference is that they're being... Paid and they become celebrities and they have Instagram followers and liberty and freedom of expression. They aren't being held at gunpoint. Yeah. Okay, you cannot honestly I like- be making this comparison. It's, it's just food for
1: thought. I'm just, you, I'm, just, you, I'm just, using the way in which you characterize. This, okay, this is okay. to say that effectively okay, that. Okay, this is <laughs>
0: like the difference between this is like the difference between me saying, okay, um, Matt, vacuum the floor and I'll give you a hundred dollars, versus I have a gun to your head, vacuum the floor. Like, it, it's it, force versus reward cannot even be compared. Yeah, well, okay, so I understand in you case, saying in that... In the case med- it
1: wasn't clear, I'd like to go on the record and say I'm not pro-North Korea. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't think any of us are. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but I think, of course, I think, and, and this has kind of been my problem with the media all along, all along, and what led us to even doing this podcast in the first place is, I do believe that to a certain extent, media, unless it's like a opinion piece, like, media should media should present the facts and not kind of try to sway their readers or viewers or whatnot. However, that's not necessarily the reality, unfortunately. There is no doubt that North Korea is an awful oppressive regime and there needs to be, in my opinion, significant intervention if that can happen and, and change made. However, I would like to take the good away from what is happening as a result of the Olympics. I would like to take away that, so although these cheerleaders are from an oppressive regime and are kind of unable to speak out although they are able to go to South Korea um, they're still kind of I guess in these chains so to speak I would like to say that them even being able to travel to South Korea is a freedom in and of itself and and, and is kind of it opens up some leeway there I guess with kind of the oppression And, and I would just like to to hopefully keep that momentum going. In a
1: way, but it's still clear, even if you're an athlete who gets to travel around to other countries, I imagine it still really sucks to have to do that for North Korea. Oh, uh, absolutely. When they had their team in the Rio Soccer Olympics, in no, the Rio Soccer uh, World Cup in 2014. yeah. I'm pretty sure, that I, if I recall correctly, there was a story about someone trying to, like, stay back.
2: Yeah. Up,
1: <laughs> which I don't blame them for. Oh, so. me neither. Wow. I'd be trying to
2: run away. But yeah. I yeah. think the political science student in me and kind of the more IR-inclined person in me, too, kind of sees this with, I guess, a hopeful lens uh, that I'm looking through. Um, you know, this is the first time North Korea and South Korea have marched under the same flag in an opening ceremony since the 2006 Olympics. So that's over a decade. Um Because tensions have increased so much since then uh, on a global scale and even on a scale in between the two countries. So if this represents a catalyst in that changing tide and kind of bringing in a new decade where, you know, for the the Olympics in in 2020, they're going to be marching together and and walking together and and so on and so forth. And that leads to further dialogue. In terms of a diplomatic side of me and, and one who wants to believe in that and believe in further cohesion, all signs... Point to positivity at this moment. Um, however, I think the media should kind of be if they if they are going to spit an opinion on it, should be playing it from that side of view and not just this stupid kind of gossipy stuff. I mean, that's for you know small scale gossip websites. It's not yeah, right really mean, for CNN or New York Times. The New York Times or any should not be acting like
0: TMZ. Exactly. And, and quite frankly, TMZ standards are wildly underrated. But okay, but but I think the word that you want to use is framing. Yeah, sure. So I remember in the twenty sixteen Rio Olympics, so it was Lee Anju of South Korea and Hong Unjung of North Korea. There were these two Korean gymnasts opposite sides of the DMZ, and they took a selfie together. And I remember it like made the rounds on Twitter and everyone found it super heartening. And I found it really heartening as well. Because it's about these two young girls, they're both teenagers, like what maybe 16 or something, and It doesn't matter what their governments are, they can see the humanity in each other. I don't mind the individualist argument for we are all people who are capable of loving loving liberty and justice and equal rights for all. As a constitutional conservative, that's my bread and butter. I would love us all to just look at people not as their race, not as their gender, not as their sexuality, not as even the citizenship that they hold, but rather the fact that anyone is capable of it of attaining a state of Western democracy. But the framing that the media is choosing are not these individual relationships. It's not about these moments where people can come together. It's not the boy in striped pajamas, you know? They're talking about the governments, and that's a huge difference. We're trying to say, oh, North Korea, so what if they have the gulags? If they can just come together for five seconds and just just not bomb us, we're totally okay with that. We can take all the human rights and justices, and that is the framing that I have a problem with. And, and, and I think that because the state of, um, of, of American civics education is so degraded, people don't think about journalism in terms of framing versus opinion or whatever. Mm. But how... I If you were in South Korea, Matt, like covering yeah. these, sure. and, 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 and if you were to cover just, just the spectacle of it, how would you frame the story?
1: I was uh, with regards to the your characterisation in the media frame of I was kind of looking for more a more extreme version, as in like there wasn't like a Mail Online write up of you know Kim Yo Jong steps out in a black <laughs> trim coat and you know fur fur hat, um, you know looking was looking beyond her thirty years or whatever. Like there wasn't <laughs> like I didn't see see that. I think that you know I think in terms of how i would cover that story i do think it's significant to cover uh this you know kim jong un's sister's first diplomatic uh appearance out like outside of uh, north korea effectively I, and i do th- and i do think that's i do think is newsworthy i don't think it's yeah it's about whether you choose to the thing is as well she, in terms of characterizing it as her stealing the show that is effectively a story about writing about the response On social media to what's happened rather than saying exactly what's happened but here th- but then and, that, the- and that's a big and that's a big trend in the media is in like a lot of people yeah. who want a lot of if you know because it's so fiercely competitive to get people to read a story one device which is kind of going to be commonly employed uh, for a media company to try and get a, a reader to read their story is to show them why they're interested in it and to show people are talking about this in your headline to your reader is one is one device r- really commonly used yeah, it's good I, know, I know it's something that Buzzfeed use like all the time people are freaking out over this and this is yeah about, and they use it like
0: cat videos right, but, and friendly like kylie but, but, jenner I know, but not but about but this, a dictatorship but it's but it's more it's, it's, but it's a more
1: it's a more sedate version of the same of the same trend though right
0: I, okay i just don't think that the new york times should be publishing a news article entitled this is not in the in section this is a news article entitled kim jong Un's sister turns on the charm taking the pence's spotlight we're really treating this like it's a F- like the free world versus a dictatorship and we're siding with a dictatorship because she can deliver a fine side eye.
2: Mm-hmm. You know what I would like to touch on though for a second is what do you guys think about Pence sitting for when North and South Korea came out at opening ceremony? Absolutely.
0: Yes. Endorse. Seems about it.
2: Yeah. I, I would say the same. Well, I, I think I, mean, it, I
1: think America. I think America on the world stage. Are we is, gonna get into the
0: Colin
2: Kaepernick is, a, is a conversation now? Cause, well, because they like, what's ridiculous is what you mean, Pence, Pence him leaving the stadium. Pence, Pence left the stadium. Also, when basketball. NFL players were kneeling for the national anthem, because but yet won't ra- won't stand for
0: won't that. stand for a murderous dictatorship that is completely antithetical no, to what I'm just I just, if, if I just don't understand why
2: you're fighting fire with fire. Like why not? You know when nuclear tensions are at the highest point they've been then in a war. Then we don't show weakness time. because we're the
0: greatest country on earth. Okay, so what happens system. when what <laughs> happens when
2: California gets nuked then? What? We didn't show weakness. So good job.
0: Okay, I am probably I just not, think
2: like I'm, be be a diplomatic like and also it's the Olympics,
0: okay? As like you, you said, said to begin with this segment that, that the Olympics are inherently political, and I
2: agree. You no, know, I, I, I agree, but use it as a measure to be able to come together. They're political in the sense that they bring people together regardless of what kind of BS is going on in terms of policy outside of that. Because, look, North and South Korea decided to walk together under the same flag, right? So, if anything, the U.S., and just in terms of wanting to reduce a nuclear bomb threat stand who cares and i just find it extremely hypocritical that pence would walk out on an nfl game because players were kneeling but then we'll go ahead and basically okay, okay, do the same thing in okay can
0: i explain the difference all right so i have been conservative pretty much my entire non-thumb-sucking life <laughs> you know like i i All four of my grandparents escaped communist regimes. I have always grown up with a strong appreciation for being a part of this country, and I've identified as someone who loves limited government. But I've also grown up in California, so most of my friends growing up have always been liberal. We're in the bluest state in the Union. And, yeah, I fight with people all the time or I debate with them, and I don't take it too emotionally. But at the end of the day, I would like to believe that the overwhelming majority of people in this country— have at least a few of the most fundamental values that I have. The idea that equal opportunity is the basis of a functioning democratic republic. That liberty is the greatest good. That we are deeply, deeply, deeply appreciative of being here. When people kneel for the national anthem, the flag that's supposed to unite us all, the people in this country, and when I think about my grandparents, what they gave up for, for me to have this life rather than me being a second class citizen in China or in Serbia i am so deeply appreciative and i feel such a sense of unity with my fellow americans having to stand up or sit down for another country's flag one that is committing the gr- most egregious human rights violations on the planet today is a very different question if that were if that were the nazi flag would you stand
1: but it's almost like it you're saying but, it, but it's almost like you're saying then the south korea aren't really being consistent with that the, with that kind of like vision you've painted of like of like an idyllic western no i mean i mean whatever i mean yeah. th- this, so. this is
0: this is not like obviously like i don't have any say in this if i would south korean government i would not have operated under a unified korean team
2: but then that i, way, I, I, that I understand, I understand attention. you I have, have to be diplomatic in politics yes you have to be extent. diplomatic
0: but you also have to win in the end you have to
2: win but, it's the Game of Thrones. But who, Either win- you win but or you who die. wins when no one's willing to get along?
1: Do you think if Mike Pence had stood up like everyone else that anyone would be talking about this? Yes. No.
2: No, it yes. no, wouldn't. Of Absolutely. course not. No, everyone it would have no it, it set off no light bulbs in people's heads. No one would have put a second thought about it because that's what people do when you go there. Just like if... Every, like no one, makes, I don't think that they, no one I, makes I, I a fuss. No makes, just like no one makes mm-hmm. a fuss when everyone stands at an NFL game until all of a sudden this kneeling came into place because it's not out of the ordinary. So it would have set off
0: nothing if Pence stood. Okay, but the difference being that our country, you can be a Democrat, I can be a Republican, and I'm barely a Republican. I'm a conservative. I mean, constitutional conservative. But we can have different political ideologies and come together because we are operating under the fundamental. Principles of what is what it means to be an American. It is very different when you're. I would not stand for Russia. I would not stand for a hostile right, foreign actor. Right. But, right. but you are also a journalist, he's, and he is also the vice president of the vice United States. Yes,
2: you he represents have
1: to be diplomatic. all of you. Yes. So it doesn't matter whether he would do what's necessarily consistent with like what other Republicans would do. It's just like.
2: It's representative no of gonna... the entire country, especially on an international relations level. Too. Exactly. Okay.
0: <laughs> I, I know that we have to wrap this up soon, but I guess, okay, so we can go around and circle in our final thoughts. But I guess the final thing I would say is this is a state that killed Otto Warmbier for no reason. They, I mean, given, again, to bring it back to our last segment, given all the evidence that we have, it seems very credible that Otto Warmbier, commi- Otto Warmbier committed no crime. He did not steal a poster. He was tortured into a false confession, was begging for his life, and the North Korean state killed him anyway. This is someone who's perfectly happy to kill an innocent American boy. I would not stand for someone that, in a case when you want due process, if you're going to murder someone, that's when you need due process. If you're going to imprison someone, that's when you need due process. And this is a state that has no respect for us. I would not have stood for Russia someone that does not respect our right to a free and fair election. But I certainly would just hope that a hundred years into the future, when we look back at this moment, were we the people who stood with Hitler and the dashing Ava Braun, or were we the people who stood for the rights of individuals?
1: Yeah, we have, we have no idea what happened with Otto Wollnberg, you're, you're right, and it is doubtless, uh, you know, it is doubtless true that North Korea as a country, you know, is is committing horrifying atrocities. Like we 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 know it's happening, even though we can't show that it's happening because there is no press there, because because like we have no kind of insight into anything uh, North Korean. That if you're North Dennis Koreans, Rodman, yeah, <laughs> anything North Korean that North Koreans don't uh, want to show you. But it is you know the Olympics is a time for for diplomacy, and I yeah. don't and I don't think uh, it's it will be. This this is a flashpoint because of what Pence chose to do, and he made a conscious political choice. And while you can, you know, the Olympics can be a place to do that, like when America doesn't didn't send a team to Moscow in nineteen eighty. I kind of think yep. that this wouldn't be an issue which people were talking about had he not that made that decision. And he he does he you know his role. I'm not American, but his role is to re- <laughs> is re- is to represent all all Americans and and their best in uh, and their best interests. And I'm not. I don't think you, it's. You can really, in good faith, make, make the case that that's what he was doing by making what seems to me like quite a petty gesture.
2: Yeah, exactly. All right, well, let's move on. Speaking of being not American, we're
0: talking about Justin Trudeau coming hey, up I next. <laughs> uh, Avery, do you want to do? You, do you want to sum this up? What the with, with the woke liberal did this time? Can I
1: get more wine?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So
2: essentially, if you haven't heard it already, I mean. Uh gosh. Justin Trudeau has basically been getting crucified on Twitter and every other platform. Um, for it, It's kind of funny because in this day and age, especially um, on social media and in the media in general, it's become kind of behind this very left-wing, liberal, politically correct movement. Yet, he has received so much backlash for this comment, he he essentially corrected a lady who was asking him a question, um, and in her question, she said, for all of mankind. And he <laughs> stopped her and said, uh, let me pull up the exact We like to say people kind, not necessarily mankind more inclusive. So a lot of people are taking this as him just going way over the top for being politically correct, which is kind of, I mean, I have to laugh at it because... In this day and age, and especially amongst the Trump administration and everything else that's gone on in the last year, we have only seen the exact antithesis to this, yes. not you're being too politically correct now. It's more so you're being too politically incorrect. In, the, in this
0: country, we love God, not government. I mean, this, this, is kind. Coming,
2: this is coming from the country in which uh, they just passed legislation that changed the national anthem to Canada um, instead of um, in all... They, they basically said and, like, they, they made a phrase in their anthem, gender neutral, let's just say, or whatever. All of mankind um, instead of, like, in all of us or, or something like that. But anyways, um, I don't really know what to make of this. And it's kind of sent me into a bit of an internal conflict, especially as someone who does like to be extremely inclusive and who is a liberal Um and who I think, like, inclusive rhetoric is the best at, at all costs. However, I just think in this situation... It's uh, fucking gosh, insane. I, like, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. sorry. It's <laughs> like, I'm sorry if, like, the liberals <laughs> in this podcast, like, vilify keep, me for this. But <laughs> I think it's just, like overboard at this point okay, and I'm for- like I'm honestly like and it it, it it pains me to say that but in this instance especially you know I'm coming from Trudeau's perspective like as a politician answering someone's question at a talk you don't really necessarily want to offend anyone and, and the nature of this woman's question she was kind of upset because um she worked for she volunteered for a charitable religious organization and was finding it very difficult to be able to um I guess find allies in in the Canadian system and and being able to to work to her fullest extent there. So I don't necessarily think the right approach in something that is being broadcasted and amongst hundreds of, hundreds of people is to just correct her on one to mansplain. To, to be more inclusive, exactly. <laughs> and and uh, gosh, I mean, we can have the if it should be mankind or people kind. I mean myself i am someone who tries to be very politically correct at all costs and very inclusive at all costs and when someone says mankind i can honestly tell you i am zero percent offended by that whatsoever i don't know if this is i haven't really looked into if this is like a greater movement on the internet like if people are in fact offended by mankind versus people kind um i don't necessarily relate mankind to being you know exactly relating to to males i just think it's just a phrase um I think this kind of plays into just how people are trying to politicize everything. I mean, if you listen to our last week's podcast, we were talking about the war on yoga by some people on (laughs) on Twitter and and by people posting articles on Daily Wire and whatever it may be. Um, But yeah, I think this is just over politicization at its finest. And I think this is what Trudeau has done through his entire time as prime minister. And I followed his tenure quite closely. Okay. I'm. I'm also full disclosure. Not Trudeau's biggest fan for a
0: number of reasons. I don't <laughs> get I wonder into. wonder if you have
1: any opinions on this.
0: Okay, no, no, no. <laughs> I, 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 I'm. I'm actually just going to say one thing before I let you input because otherwise I'm just going to go way too off. Okay. Has so the fact that he said we prefer to say people kind means that he was thinking about this on the spot. This is not like the thing that he thinks about like all the time. It's not like he thinks like, oh, I'm going to consciously use, like, gender-neutral pronouns. I've also never really say people kind in his life. Because people kind isn't a word. It's not a thing. The word is humankind. Humankind is a word. You can use humankind if you'd like.
2: Wait, yeah. Wait, that's actually such a valid point. It means he's
0: a multiple expletive moron Mm -hmm. who is just thinking, how can I virtue signal? While this woman is trying to talk about working for... While a woman... is trying to talk about working for a charity, how can I try and correct her to make myself sound more woke? But what about... Anybody? What a soy boy. Like, I, oh, my God. I, uh, good grief.
2: Is there a difference between human and people? I don't know if there's... No! I don't no, know if there's, no, a, there's, a, there's, like, a movement on the internet through the, like, super woke community, if that's the case. Um But, yeah, no, that's true. I think, like, everyone says humankind as well. Uh, I don't know. Matt, your take... <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, look, Justin Justin Trudeau is one of my top two current North American presidents, uh I would say. Or president or, or world leaders, prime ministers, whatever. He's in the top two of three. Um you know, I like to I I have a fairly, you know, diverse section of, you know, friends and people and family and people I speak to. And I, I know that everyone I know, like on the right, if I corrected them, <laughs> would just wince if I did that. <laughs> I also don't think that twenty-five percent of the people on the left I know would also wince if I correct if I like would. you corrected them to people kind. I don't know. There's just something very uh you know Michael Scott in the office about <laughs> about him him <laughs> making that kind of like cor- that type of correction yeah. for the point for you know. It's a cheap point to make. It's, yeah, like going back to Mike Pence again. It's kind of just like a politician being a bit petty. Um,
2: I think it's because he's he a I don't know.
1: You look at you look at you look at the rumors while he's playing, and like I think is you know it's it's it is, while it's off the cuff, it's clearly, you know, it's kind of quite calculated. Like, he's in, he's speaking to a room full of young people who he know are waiting to, like, they're, it's a sympathetic audience. It's like, you know, when you go to a comedy show, you're looking to laugh. So therefore, when you say something which isn't necessarily as funny as if you say that in a conversation, people want to laugh, so they laugh. Yeah. And therefore, people go to Justin Trudeau speaking speaking day and they think, I'm, I'm looking to applaud my woke king, Justin Trudeau. And therefore, like, he kind of just plays... He's kind of like playing to the to the crowd a bit.
0: Well, I mean, okay, Justin Trudeau has a history of absolute bullshit. Like when Fidel Castro died, Fidel Castro, another oppressive dictator that no one who has sympathy for democracy or individual rights should have uh, any amicable feelings for. When when Fidel Castro died, Justin Trudeau's statement was, "Fidel Castro was a larger-than-life leader who served his people for almost half a century." a legendary revolutionary in order, Mr. Castro made significant improvements to the education and healthcare of his island nation. O.J. Simpson, an impassioned husband who had so many feelings for his beloved wife, who unfortunately passed away. A
1: star for USC football.
0: <laughs> a star, exactly! A star for USC football, you
1: the know? Thing is, the thing is, yeah, but, like, when someone when someone dies, even if you hate them, you have to say no. Kind of thing. No! Oh I, I don't think that anything... Well, this I is d- maybe where I'm a don't, little don't, bit more
0: mocky I, million than the rest I, of
1: you guys. I, I don't think that anything in that statement about Fidel Castro is necessarily, is, like, objectively untrue, right? I, yes, I, like, I would agree. Is, if, you were to, if you were writing a, you know, a high school history essay on would you like argued for and against is fidel Hasso alexa alive? what is the life
0: expectancy of people in cuba after fidel castro <laughs> no okay so- not untrue, no, but I, I but think, I'm saying, I know, I'm saying I
1: like, yeah. is, he, is he a legendary revolutionary? Yes, the Cuban Revolution is a pretty legendary revolution in which he. Led in it.
0: that case, Hitler was also. Like, I, I, no, I would agree know,
1: You know that, like that, but that's, but that's kind of my
0: point. Framing, is saying, yeah, framing. Yeah, yeah, I would agree <laughs> with Matt.
2: Like, I don't think it's objectively untrue. However, it is a classic attempt by Trudeau, and and I'm don't get me wrong. I'm saying this as a liberal, as someone who. Actually, really sympathizes and supports a lot of Trudeau's rhetoric in terms of LGBTQ community and inclusiveness and refugees, all that stuff. But I think this is just classic Trudeau trying to just overly politically be politically correct about things or politicize things. It's hard
1: enough to make people like you.
2: Well, the fact and
1: this makes it hard, and this makes yeah. it, the thing is like you know, if you're if you're someone who's like a like either moderate or like slightly on the left or whatever, you kind of need to think. To like, when is the right time to play to your base and when is the right time to to stop yourself from saying something which is going to make people who maybe in the future you could bring into your fold hate you. And I think that, you know, he's got this one
0: wrong. No, okay, and and there is... So, as the resident conservative here... Okay, so (laughs) the, the thing about identity politics is that it's so deeply misguided. So, on the one hand... Matt, you are a male journalist. I would never say that you're not allowed to report on something that is specific to women. I would never say you're not allowed to report on Planned Parenthood. I would never say that Ronan Farrow is not allowed to do incredible journalism as it relates to sexual assault. What I would say is maybe don't correct a woman for her use of gender-inclusive terms. And and and, and you know what? Like I, I'm sure that no one who uses like the like like, very far out there pronouns and identifies as, like, 96 different genders, like, listens to this podcast. Okay, but, I don't think but, that's necessarily true. I would but, just like to say that. But, 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 okay, but, okay, but here's the thing. If you actually would be offended by someone using the term mankind, I honestly want to hear about it. Because I've never met someone who's actually offended by the use of, like, a, a slightly gendered word. Oh, yeah, well. I mean, English is lucky, we're lucky because we don't have gendered, we don't have gendered articles. But if you think about French and Spanish. Yeah. I mean the entire like.
1: Well, it's, a, it's a microaggression, right? That's the. That's but the idea okay, but, no, okay, it's a, okay. It's a, slight, it's a sliding scale of offense.
0: Well, no, but but, but, but here, is, but here is the double-edged sword of intersectionality. So I took Spanish for what, like five years between like elementary school and middle, elementary school and middle school, and. Everything is like L and la, so you have like masculine nouns and feminine nouns. Mm. Same thing and, with French. I've learned French yeah. for fifteen years yeah. now. And now, and now, people instead of doing Latino, they say Latinx. I don't know how to pronounce it, but I know it's like they use like an X instead of an O or an A. Is that not a microaggression against the ethnic identity of people who are Latino or Latina?
1: Didn't it come? did the term Latinx come from within the Latino? Latino community. No,
0: it came from woke Americans who, like, have vague ties to those communities. I'd like to fact check that. I don't know. I don't know. We can, like, look into it. but, But all I'm saying is that when it's... So you have this man, Justin Trudeau, you have this extremely privileged... Historically wealthy. Well, I mean, his like, dad was Pierre Trudeau, the yeah. highly
2: regarded, the most, exactly, probably the most, he's like the JFK of prime ministers in yeah. Canada. Yeah.
0: So, 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 how much more privilege can you come other than being a good looking white, well,
2: he was straight, a substitute high school drama teacher before becoming prime minister. Oh, I'm sure he there. just wanted to
0: have like an edgy phase, whatever. Okay. But, <laughs> but, but, but my point is, how. How much more of an intersectional conundrum can you have than having this extremely privileged, white, cis, hetero, like, wealthy man Go who also him. happens to be in charge of, you know, Canada, correcting, okay, to a country. Correcting, yeah. correcting a woman talking about, like, volunteering for a charity to tell her that she wasn't being inclusive enough. In her word. Well, I mean for that, that And that to me yes. is just, that's why, why I don't think intersectional politics works. It works to be compassionate. It works to be understanding of people's feelings. It works to be intentionally proactive about recognizing that everyone comes from different backgrounds and not everyone has been afforded the same opportunities.
1: So does that mean you don't but, but, but to But just to impale
0: people with this inter- intersectional rod of of you're not using people kind, which is not a real word.
2: Well, I would just like to say, I mean, as someone who is working on a political campaign and someone who thinks about, like, I'm a poli-sci student, I think about campaign strategy all the time and rhetoric, it's just bad politics. Like, if someone is asking you a question, if I was the elected official or running for elected office, if someone was ever asking me a question at a rally, at a talk, at a speech or whatever, I would just never correct them. And and I think that's what it comes down to. And, and if you were to correct them, to go to Tiana's point... I just think he should have said humankind. Um, I I think that was definitely <laughs> yeah, on the spot trying to be political and trying to get, you know, Trudeau, the thing with him is... Winning a point. In Canada, if I were to ask uh, any American before Trudeau was elected who's the prime minister of Canada, honestly, hardly know. anyone would tell me. Some I mean, Stephen, I, I was born in Canada. I've represented Canada at two World Cups for lacrosse. Um, and so when people find out... That I have Canadian citizenship, they all say, Oh yeah, Trudeau, he's great, blah, blah, blah. Because, you know, I kind of call him the selfie prime minister, right? He's great <laughs> he at was on the, on he's the great Lord and Stones. He's My great God. at being in the now this politics stuff on Facebook, you know, all of these viral things. Um, because of his rhetoric. And and don't get me wrong, I think his rhetoric has been very inclusive and whatever, that's great. And he's been really within his rhetoric has in a lot of ways been trying to distance himself from the Trump administration. Um Whatever your take may be on that, whatever. Um, However, I think that this kind of over politicization of things and and now going to the extremism of just flat out correcting people for probably um, a word that they never even thought of, they never even meant to be not inclusive... I think is a little far, and I would never advise anyone who I was working for the campaign uh, campaign for to ever do that. I was
1: going to say, if you were his special advisor, and he's just come off stage, and he said, how do you think that went, what do you say?
2: I would have been like, what the heck did you just say?
1: <laughs> like,
2: I would have been like, one... Yeah,
1: mostly good. One, one it's people, humankind. people kind will go viral. Like, like, so. like,
2: people kind, I've never heard of that in my life. One, it's humankind. Yeah. Um, and two...
0: Your man's it just playing. like it
2: just wasn't necessary. <laughs> Anyways, I would like to say I know we have to wrap this up, but um, oh, yeah, I think we
0: killed the wine bottles. So, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> and and last week I I think we kind of called this because last week we were talking about the war on yoga. Yeah, we were like well, what's the war gonna be on next? And I think you know now the war is on mankind. mankind. <laughs> All of mankind. Yeah. We are we are under siege. Um, I guess I just said we subconsciously because the I think we because I think you. mankind includes me as a woman. However, yeah. if you're talking to Trudeau, maybe it only includes men. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but you know what? Stay tuned for next week. Um, Matt, we're so happy to have had you on the show. Yes, thank you for coming. It's been
1: great. Yeah. I, got, I got a free drink out of it, so I'm <laughs> <forget.
2: laughs> And um, be sure to follow us on SoundCloud or iTunes, whatever your preferred streaming platform is. And rate us.
0: Give us five stars if you like this content.
2: Honestly, like, give us one star if you feel that way. We just want to hear from you. I mean, you guys are why this podcast keeps going. um, And so that's why we we really appreciate um, any follow on SoundCloud, subscription on iTunes, anything in between, because that's really what keeps us going. Um, As always, you can, if you agree with us, disagree with us, have any input, you can... um, Contact Tiana and I on Twitter at Tiana the first at Avery Hogarth. And Matt, what's what's your handle?
1: At MattJPFMcDonald. That's all three of my middle initials.
2: <laughs>
0: wait, 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 what's your full name?
1: Matthew James Patrick. butcher mcdonald but patrick's a confirmation name
2: you know what i feel that though because everyone (laughs) always gets like crazy about me because i have two middle names i'm avery
0: chase watson Hogarth. so and fun fact i have no middle name just like stormy webster kylie jenner's baby Mm -hmm. no middle name just cheer it that's it (laughs) on that (laughs) ending on a bang all right see you guys have a good week